0: Hello and welcome to the first episode of the Hamilton Sports Talk podcast. Just know if you're listening to this episode, you are going to be a part of something historic. Who knows how historic? We'll find out together. My name is Evan Bryant. I will be your host for most weeks. I am by myself today. Sometimes I will have guests, whether that will be friends or family, or maybe some players down the line or coaches. That's the goal. I will take you guys into what I plan to do with this podcast as it is the first episode. It's going to be more a a once-a-week thing and if you're seeing this from if you came from the TikTok or came from the Instagram let me know, I'll, I'm going to read all the DMs all the stuff like that, I mean I don't have that, that many, I haven't got any DMs so of course I'm going to read them and I'll respond so this is going to be more focused on Hamilton sports teams and news so we're talking the Thai Cats, the Bulldogs, the Forge, Forge FC and the Hamilton Honey Badgers. At this point, the Hamilton Honey Badgers wrap up their season in about a month, and the Bulldogs aren't playing right now. So, uh, mostly focused on the Tie Cats and the Bulldogs. But we'll touch on the Forge. I went to the Forge game yesterday. It was my first game of the season. Great game. They lost. We'll get into that later. But they they did take the L. It'll be mainly focused on the Tie Cats. Obviously, they're the biggest sports team in Hamilton. And the Bulldogs coming off an OHL championship, but a loss in the Memorial Cup Final. Very sad. So what I have planned this episode, we're going to talk about the most recent Ticats game, which was against Edmonton um, last Friday. I'm recording this on Monday, July 4th. It is 6.20 if you want to know the exact time that I'm recording this, but it is Monday, July 4th, Independence Day. For our neighbors in the states, obviously we had Canada Day just a couple days ago. Sucks I didn't get the day off today. Had to work, but no harm done. So let's talk. Let's get into more about what this podcast is going to be. It's going to be once a week. I plan next week. I'm planning to do a Bulldogs season recap and maybe a preview for next season. That's my uh, that's my goal. I don't know when this episode will be out. I don't know, it depends on how easily I can upload it to wherever I can upload it to. I'm hoping to put it on Apple Music, Spotify, um, SoundCloud, YouTube maybe, stuff like that. Uh, But if that doesn't work, then I guess it'll just be on SoundCloud for now. I'm not really sure. I guess you'll see. And if I can get it up today, same day, same day editing, super fast, get it out there, I will. Most likely, it'll be out there Tuesday or Wednesday. And then for the Instagram and the TikTok, if you guys are following that, I haven't posted on it yet because I'm gonna make this podcast and then get some clips, get some juicy clips from the episode, and they'll go viral. So maybe, maybe you're coming from a clip. So maybe you gotta wait and see that sound bite and the stuff that like the sandwich. You got the, you got the stuff in the middle but you need the bread on the outside okay so just wait for those clips okay yeah obviously Forge we're gonna touch on them in this in the pod and talk about the TyCats' most recent loss and the future of the season If um, if Dane Evans is really gonna be the guy that's a spoiler we're gonna get into that later so I'm new to this if you couldn't tell this my first time ever doing a podcast. I do have a microphone though, so hopefully the sound quality, nice and crisp. Um, I have a bit of a cold right now, so if I sound super nasally, and that's like a turnoff, I don't know, um, I, I'll get better. So hopefully next week I don't sound so nasally. I'm a little tired. So ho- hopefully I sound nice and good for the viewers. Or listeners if you're watching it on YouTube if I post the full thing post in the comments um, anything post your favorite color or your favorite number tell me what number you wear for sports um, I when I played baseball I wore number 64 because I wanted to be six foot four and sadly only six foot but that's okay because you don't always get what you want and that's maybe something we'll touch on in the pod. You don't always reach your dreams, but I was number sixty-four. It was also my two favorite numbers: the sixth when I was born, the fourth. I just like that number. And so, put it in the comments. Put it in the comments on a TikTok. What number do you wear for your sports teams? And what sports do you play? Uh, I played baseball, uh, volleyball, all my life. And I played hockey a little bit, as, every, as I think every Canadian does. Every Canadian plays hockey. I wasn't very good at it. But I played until I was about 14, and then I got more into volleyball. Uh, baseball. Played baseball my whole life. I think I'm pretty good at it. It sucks Hamilton doesn't have really, like, a, a pro baseball team. There, there is the Cardinals. Um, I, they're in the IBL, but um, I can't really watch the game, so it's hard, hard for me to comment on them. Uh, I wish Hamilton did have a baseball team. It'd be nice. I, they could have one of those cool names like uh, some of the minor league teams uh, Maybe the Hamilton Hamilton What are they? What are we known for the waterfalls the Hamilton waterfalls? That's a that's a good name and also maybe hmm, What's it? What's a good name for a baseball team in Hamilton? Maybe the Hamilton? Thundercats, I don't know I don't know what a what a good name for a team would be. I don't know if you guys have any suggestions. Lots of interaction on this pod, getting getting you guys to have say a bunch of stuff in the comments. So I guess what your number is and what uh, what teams you play for, or, and what do you think Hamilton's baseball team would be if we ever get a baseball team? But right now we are stuck with just the four. Which is fine, because you think, you think back to 2015 when the Bulldogs showed up in town. They came in from Belleville, obviously. And that was really the second major sports team in the city. Because there was the AHL team for the Bulldogs. Same name. But um, I don't know. It didn't bring as much excitement. Uh, obviously, I think, I think it dwindled. And I think, And I think that's part of the reason why the AHL team did leave because think about it and I don't know what year but the year that they were in the Calder Cup final I was young I was like one or two years old my family went to the game my sister got to go she was she was like six months old and she got to go to the game but I didn't get to go to the Calder Cup final but they lost so I guess it doesn't matter that I went that I didn't go because they lost to nothing or, or they got shut out but okay tangent the Bulldogs Left town because the fans kind of dwindled. Oh, I didn't even mention what I was gonna mention. It was a full. It was a full crowd, seventeen thousand, which is crazy. But um, you think the last the game seven that was that was over eleven thousand. That was a good crowd too. That was that was loud. That was that was really loud. That was the loudest Bulldogs game I've ever been to. Obviously, because it's the most amount of people. Loudest game since I went for my school. Since I went with my school back in the time that they did that. Um, if you're if you're my age or a little bit older, a little bit younger, let me know if you went to one of those school Bulldogs games. Oh yeah, because the Bulldogs the Bulldogs left town and the OHL Bulldogs came to town on, under Steve Steos, Michael Ann Lauer, best GM, best owner in the league. So they came to town, and then it was two sports teams, and then it was kind of like that. And then just a couple of years ago, I don't remember exactly what year it was, maybe 2019, 2018, the Honey Badgers and the Forge both showed up with new leagues. The CEBL, the Canadian Elite Basketball League, and the CPL, the Canadian Premier League, both got made or established, founded, and then two teams got put right in Hamilton with the Forge and the Honey Badgers, which great names have to say. The Honey Badgers, really cool name, love their logo, love their colors. And the Forge doesn't exactly match the Hamilton-like scheme with the black and yellow, but it's a nice color. Like, it's a nice orange and, like, gray. It's a nice color. But what I'm trying to say is that they came to town, they showed up. Hamilton now has four professional sports teams. Like, you think back, back in the time, back in the day... Ha- the Ticats were really the only sports team uh, in Hamilton, or only professional sports team that gained any sort of attention. And now there's four. You think we're growing. And this is great because five, seven years ago, I wouldn't be able to do this podcast unless I just talk about the Ticats. But now there's so many teams to talk about. And now even, I've, I didn't even mention it, you got, the, you got the Toronto Rock, or the Toronto, in quotation marks, Rock. That plays in Hamilton now. They play at the First Ontario Center, and they get a, a ton of fans. I think their first, they I think they mostly sell out the bottom level. They might even sell out some sell some of the top. I don't know. I've never been to a game, but but um, not a huge lacrosse fan have to say. They they came to town. I don't know if it's permanent or, or not permanent. I'm not exactly sure. They came to town, and now Hamilton. Has kind of five professional sports teams. One that is not called Hamilton, which is really annoying. I think they should, um, I think they should call themselves the Hamilton Rock, at least while they're here, but maybe that takes a big rebrand or something. So I I understand, but they came to town and now there's five professional sports teams in Hamilton and there's not a baseball team. I would love to have a baseball team in Hamilton, but ah, sadly. No baseball team, but not too far. You can head head down the QEW and go check a check out a Blue Jay game. I did that back uh, Saturday, uh, the day after Canada Day. Still a very festive weekend uh, it was, but they lost in both games. Very sad, but <laughs> um, yeah. So okay, so that's what we're going to talk about on this pod. We got all four sports teams. The Rock, I think their season's over, so we're not gonna talk about them. The three of them are going right now, obviously with the Bulldogs being the exception because they just finished their season. But I'm gonna try to keep you guys up to date and we're gonna have some little some conversations about the Bulldogs, the Tie Cats, the Forge, and the Honey Badgers. I think the Honey Badgers play this Wednesday I could be wrong, not exactly sure. I think they play on Wednesday, and then the the Forge just played last Sunday, Tidecast Friday, so we got lots to talk about. Lots is fresh in the mind. Uh, the Forge didn't look that great. They did; they looked good, but I think I think they just couldn't finish their chances. Obviously, I'm going to talk about it more in a bit. But yeah, that's what you can expect from this podcast. If I miss a week, if I miss a game, like if I don't post, like the starring lineup or something don't kill me I'm trying my best sometimes I'm busy it's not like this I want to make this my first priority but I think that's unrealistic right and I think you guys can understand that so if I miss a game if I miss a podcast if it goes a week without a podcast I'll try to let you guys know that that the podcast will be a little bit delayed or postponed or cancelled But I will try my best to get one out for you guys every week. And if you have questions, if you have things you want me to talk about, heck, if you want to be on the podcast, just DM me. Like, DM me anything. Anything you want me to talk about, anything you want me to say, any questions that you have for either me or questions you just want answered about the sports teams, uh, I'd love to answer them, and I'd love to talk about it without further ado, I'll get into talking about um, the most recent uh... sorry, the second most recent game uh... back on Canada Day the Ticats and the Edmonton Elks So the Ticats played the Elks on Friday night and the biggest takeaway I have from it is it feels like deja vu of their last home game against the Stamps because. They had a big lead, everything looked great, and then it feels like the offense just ran out of plays, or just got figured out. I don't know what happened, but it just seemed like they ran out of gas, almost. They they had a good first half, I mean 22 points, not great. And if you look at the end, Dane Evans still had less than 200 yards passing. I don't know how many yards of offense they had. Probably not that many. And the defense didn't look overly promising considering that they they were up against a rookie quarterback and an Elks team that I think hasn't won a game. I could be mistaken, but I think that was their first win. And just all around really disappointing. They just looked flat. I don't know, in the second half, they just looked like they just weren't, the team they weren't the team that we're used to seeing last year and maybe this is it it's really hard to tell because you look at this game and you look at the Stamps game because okay those two away losses were write-offs they weren't they weren't really in those games even though this, the game against the Blue Bombers they were in that game there wasn't a touchdown until I think that the late third or fourth quarter so it wasn't, they were in that game, I think it was 12-12 at some point, and then the Winnipeg just ran away with it. These two home games, it really makes you question, like, what kind of team, what kind of team are they going to be? Because they could have easily won both those games if they just held on against Calgary and Edmonton, and then they're 2-2 two and two in a really depleted East division, and they're sitting in first place. I think there's still only really one one win, maybe two wins out of first place. I think Toronto is the only team that has that's looking like a decent team Ottawa's looked terrible they obviously just they narrowly lost to BC their last time out but they haven't looked like they they haven't had a lot going for them and I haven't really paid much attention to Montreal I'm not expecting much from them this season but it doesn't matter what happened in the games, it does a little bit. but it doesn't matter as much as you just look at the standings and see them at the bottom, O oh, and four. They play yes, yes, they haven't played an East team. They've played four of the West teams, which is crazy considering that they might not even have played the best team, which might be BC and that that uh, the new quarterback they got, Nathan Rourke. he's been on fire this year. He's got a great arm. It's it's tough. they played four, four West teams. They've lost all four games. And you just think, is this going to be their season? Are they just going to have an off year? Which I guess is okay to have off years. You're not going to go to the Grey Cup and lose in the Grey Cup every year. So maybe this is just an off year. Or maybe they're going to turn it around once they pile up a few wins. They got four out of five games, four out of five games stretch against the Argos. They win three of those and it completely changes the division, right? So is that is that what's gonna happen? Are we gonna see that? Or is it just gonna be an off year for them? And then, I don't know, if is, is there any good prospects? You wanna tank tank for the first pick? But one thing I wanted to look at is um, is Dane Evans Uh, the biggest thing that stood out for me is the stat line less than 200 yards passing in the game and even you look on the whole season the numbers aren't great they're really not great 65 percent completion percentage that's not good enough for a guy a franchise player they got rid of Mazzoli they had a quarterback battle and they got rid of Mazzoli to go with Evans which I think is the right choice, still think is the right choice, but very disappointing. So Dane Evans, I think, um, he just needs to step up, honestly. He needs to step up because in these first few games, he has looked like he's just run out of energy, and I don't know if that's the offense, I don't know if that's uh, Tommy Condell or Orlando Steinauer, I don't know who's to blame. it but it just seems like they run out of steam by the end of the game and it seemed like that last year too where they just run out of gas and that happened in the Grey Cup that's a perfect example deja vu three straight home games where they come out and look great and just run out of gas by the end of the game and this can't keep happening they can't keep going through games looking decent and then by the time it gets to the end of the game the other team has caught up it's like the tortoise and the hare almost this team's the hare and they're coming out great and then once they get sixty percent they just walk the rest of the race and the other team has time to catch up like it's not acceptable this isn't acceptable football have to say and if you look at the stats Dane Evans 99 for 152 and that's and by the way 152 pass attempts is 40 more than anybody else. The next closest one is Fajardo on the Rough Riders, but 152 pass attempts, the most striking stat right here, eight interceptions, with an interception percentage of five percent. You look at the guys, Fajardo, who I just mentioned, one percent interception. Nathan Rourke, the quarterback I mentioned earlier for the Lions, percent, uh, Trevor Harris 4% And let's compare him to our buddy Mazzoli One interception Only one touchdown too A lot of interceptions That's a lot of picks And two Three turnovers That's another thing I wanted to mention Turnovers were huge in this game Obviously it ended up, ended up being the winning touchdown in that super fluky play that you never want to see happen at the end of the game just run the ball out and somehow it left everyone in the state stadium mouth agape don't know what's going on like did that just happen did the team really just give up a touchdown when you're supposed to just run the clock out did that really happen and then two picks earlier in the game. I think one was one was not really his fault. And maybe maybe that's a story too, because I think he's had a couple where it's gone off receiver's hands and into the other team. And there's nothing really he can do about that, but interception's and interception, I guess. Well, yeah, one good thing I did want to talk about was uh, the play of Lawrence Woods, a name not many of you might know, but he was the kick returner in the game, and he obviously had that that uh, kickoff return for a touchdown, even aside from that, he had a bunch of great returns. He had a bunch of um, just getting good good 10, 20 yards. that's what you need because if you're getting a guy who's just catching the ball and falling down almost team's right on him. I mean good for that kickoff team. you want to be getting 10, 15 yards, possibly 20 yards every time you get the ball. And that's what you strive for as a kick returner. Obviously, a lot of people don't like being a kick returner, but you take advantage of the role that you're in, right? And good for him. Maybe he'll get some time at running back. And also with the with the interception, the fumble that I mentioned earlier that lost in the game, that's a fluky loss. That's a fluky play that ended up losing in the game. So it doesn't make me that upset. They should have won the game by more. They obviously should have won by a lot more. But it was a very, very fluky play that lost in the game. And the wind the wind in this game was crazy. They both kickers tried tried field goals from outside fifty five yards. I think the the Elks kicker tried like a fifty eight yarder and then Damagala, the field goal kicker for the Tycats, kicked I think it was a 55. It was a long one. And it was good by plenty. But it was wide. Both of them. Both of them. Don kick. It would have been good from 70. That's how crazy the win was in the game. But it was wide. Missed field goal. When you lose by. They lost by four. So I guess the field goal wouldn't. But you never want to never want to leave points on the board. But, uh, oh, oh. One thing I did want to mention that I think's important to mention, the Elks punter was amazing. Like this guy, I'm thinking this guy should be in the NFL. Like he he had a bunch of bombs. Like and they were perfect perfect spirals. Like I'm I am a, a punter by trade. So I I respect punters. Right? People might not respect me for being for liking kicking but I'm a punter by trade and this guy was a legit punter. Let me get his name. Matt Mangle, that's his name. He was legit. He averaged 53 yards on a punt and his long was 60. I mean that's probably with the wind. But he he and he had a couple punts that were right perfectly like Closer than 10 yards from the end zone. He was, okay, I don't want to talk too much about this. I don't want to geek out too much. But he was a nice, nice punter. And I think he, he'll have a job in the NFL in, the, in a few years. What I mentioned earlier, one of the things I mentioned earlier, is the fact that they had a QB battle, right? Everyone knows that with Mazzoli and Evans. They both played in the Grey Cup a little bit. Evans got hurt, Mazzoli had to take over. Ultimately, in the offseason, they decided to go with Evans. And you guys can let me me know in the comments if you think that was the right choice. I think it was. I think it was the right choice. And even though Evans hasn't had a great start to the season, I still think it, it was the right choice. Because I think you guys can agree that Mazzoli tends to be fairly inaccurate. And he tends to like to throw the long ball a lot and it's not always effective and I think they just made the right choice going with Evans he's a more natural leader for this team too and I think that's what they need is a good uh, good leader at quarterback I'm not saying Mazzoli wasn't a good leader but I think he just takes the reins more and he seems more louder, louder if that makes any sense but looking at the stats 65 completion percentage for Dane Evans. Already mentioned, not overly happy with that. Mazzoli on 99 pass attempts, also 65%. So Evans has been at, at the same level as Mazzoli this year. And I'm gonna say that that's not good. That's not acceptable. And, uh, But also look at his touchdown to interception rating one touchdown and one interception. So in 99 pass attempts, one touchdown. I don't know how that's possible that he only has one touchdown. And yeah, Owen 3. His team is Owen 3. So it's it's tough looking back cuz hindsight's always going to be 2020. 20. And maybe you got to wait a little bit to find out if it'll really be a successful move. But you think the Argos one and one. Montreal one and three. And Ottawa and Hamilton both sitting at oh oh and something obviously o and three for the Red Blacks and O and four for the Ticats. Both teams not doing well. But let me know what you guys want to see from this team. Would you want them to try different things at at quarterback? Maybe go for Matt Schultz for a little bit of running game? Or maybe just try Try some more plays. They're they're going into 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 a bye week, and then I'm not sure who they play after. They play Ottawa. Yes, okay. They play Ottawa after the after the, their bye week. I I expect them to come out in this game and try things on offense. You gotta try try some new plays. Try some new formations. Trust Evans a little bit more to throw the ball. Because he has the most pass attempts in the league. But I found in that game against Edmonton that they were a little scared to give him the full reins. Because he didn't throw down the field very much. Even when they had the wind. You got Addison. I'm trying to remember who the... Malik Irons. You got to use these weapons. You got to use these weapons to get down the field. And then you got to count on domagala to capitalize on field goals. And... For Dan Evans to put the ball in the end zone, sometimes. Last note I'll say is that this team has potential because it's a lot of the same pieces from last year and the year before. They made the Grey Cup and lost both times, but a lot of the same pieces. You just gotta, you just gotta. I guess we just gotta see it through. Hopefully, things will go better. I think they'll pick up a win against Ottawa in a couple weeks when they have that. Uh, coming off a bye week, I think they'll pick up a win against Ottawa. Um, home game, in front of the crowd again. I don't think I'll be there. I was there for the game on on um, on Canada Day, but I don't think I'll be there against Ottawa. Uh, we need. F- totally forgot to mention, the crowds this year have been very depleted. It seems. I don't know if it's because they're just off to a bad start, but in the Calgary game, home opener. There was a lot of empty seats. And then against Edmonton, there was a chance of rain. It did seem like it was going to thunder all day. But it didn't. And the stadium looked half empty. This is a team I remember a couple years ago they had saying like, oh, we got some string of sellouts. We sell out every game. They're not even coming close to a sellout. Like if it holds 26,000, could be wrong, it's no more than 15 i could be underestimating it i want this team to play in front of a good home support and it didn't seem like it was like that on friday obviously you got the you got the crazy guys you got the box j boys you got the spec zone all the rowdy fans in the spec zone and all those other all those other fans that come with the face paint the guy that sits on the on the on the side away from the press box right in the middle you know who you are if you're listening to this you're amazing <laughs> you get me fired up they need to bring some home support get their first win of the season and then it's just all up from there I think it'll be all up from there like I mentioned earlier in, in some time they have 4 out of 5 against Toronto that's the time where they really need to capitalize and win a couple games in a row and get some string some wins together and make a push because it's not going to be hard to make the playoffs in the east. You do have to avoid the crossover, which is probably going to happen this year, but it's not going to be hard to get first or second in the east. They just need to win a couple games. They'll be right there. Okay. So I'm going to move uh, move on now to the forge. Forge FC yesterday when when I'm recording this yesterday it took on the Atletico Ottawa which I have a grape to pick with their name, but I'll get into that later. So they took the took the L. Unfortunately, one nil at home, in the donut box. It's a pretty quick turnover to, turnaround to get the field ready for soccer. I think it was only it was only um about forty hours forty hours in between games, and pretty quick turnaround to get to get the field ready for soccer because they got to take out the goalposts. Uh, take off all the lines. Oh, one thing I was trying to figure out. How do they take out the goalposts? If anybody knows, let me know. But I was curious. How do they... Like, do they set it... They must, like... it must set it down. And then, like, a tractor comes and, like, takes it out. Or something along the lines. I'm not exactly sure, but I don't know how they take it out. But back to the game. 1-0. They... The only goal was a free kick Scored at about the 65th minute It was a nice free kick It was in the perfect spot The perfect spot for a free kick It was right just off center to the left Back about 10 yards And I said said right there I'm like they're going to score here I guarantee it This is going in and then it went in. It was a perfect placement, bottom left, curled into the bottom left corner, perfect free kick, beautiful goal, and that was the only that was the only uh, marker in the match, and they took the loss, one 0 So now looking back at the game, how they didn't score, which was a little bit disappointing, but they took a, they kept a very quick pace throughout the whole match, but especially during the first. First forty five. They were moving the ball. They were they were getting to throw ins throw-ins and foul fouls as like as fast as they could, which is okay, I sound like I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm trying my best here. I don't know soccer but I'm trying. But they were getting they were trying to keep a fast pace the whole the whole match. And Ottawa was doing the opposite. They were their goalie was taking eight to ten seconds every time, every time for a goal kick and for throw-ins. They were just walking over to it, taking their time. So it's very interesting to see the game dynamic play out where one team's trying to go super fast and the other team's just going slow. So very interesting. They dominated the first 20 minutes. They, they really did. They, the ball the ball was in the Ottawa end for pretty much the first 20, 25 minutes. And Ottawa was doing a great job. I don't know if this is a soccer term, it's more of a hockey term. But they were collapsing the net, and even though the ball was in their end, Forge didn't have really any shots. Never mind any shots on target, they didn't even attempt really any shots, which I thought was very interesting. Ottawa had more shots in the first half, even though Forge controlled the play. They didn't take a lot of shots on net, and the shots they did take on net were fairly wide. (laughs) It was a questionable call. I'll talk more about the goal. It was a questionable call that led to the free kick, and I think the coach got a re- the coach got a yellow for it, but because he was uh, he was mouthing off to the ref. It was a fair call. I thought it was fine. The players weren't happy about it. The coach was obviously not happy about it, but I thought it was a fine call. And I think that was their best player. I don't know. I think that was their best player who was on it. It was obviously uh, they put a righty on it. So it could have been a, a guy with, um I don't know. But I think it was their best player who took the free kick. And again, beautiful free kick. But um they let their foot off the pedal, I think. And mm-hmm. that's what led to the goal. Because I think they just got lazy. I think in the second half, especially on defense, they just got lazy. They let, they let them take a lot of shots. They let up a lot of shots. Not a lot on target. But they let up a lot of shots for Ottawa. And I think they just got lazy with their defense, and it led to a couple fouls, and then one foul that's in the perfect spot, and it, and they scored a goal. So I think I think Forge just got a little lazy in the second half, and maybe that's them being tired. I mean, it was about thirty degree heat; it was hot. So maybe they um I don't know. Maybe they could have been tired. Maybe they just could have been. Um, Ottawa could have just been lulling them to sleep, and then and then pouncing. But especially, and then after the goal, they started playing. They started playing desperate, as you as you would, but they didn't have any chances after the goal, and Ottawa came away with a win. I don't. I think the standings are very tight. That was at a very important three points that they let slip away, they, or at least uh, a, they let a draw slip away. Um, there wasn't a lot of fans there. <laughs> I, I'm jumping around a little bit. Also. I was my first game of the year and I was a little surprised at how few fans were there because they closed off the only one side was open and it wasn't it wasn't overly packed. I mean, we got tickets at the end and just sort of sat in some in an open pocket and not a lot of people there. I was expecting more. But I think <laughs> I think it's good for them. I think there was about 2,000 people there. It's not bad. It's a, great, it's a great activity. It's a great family activity. I'd recommend it. If you're a Ticat fan and if you're a Bulldog fan, Honey Badger fan listening to this, go and catch a match. Because it's a great time. It was hot. Okay, it was really hot. But it was a great time. Because I think the football games might deter some families away because it's a little rowdy. It's a little bit of a rowdy experience. Um, but this was great. You got nice nice and respectful fans. I mean, the supporter section down down at the end is lighting off flares and waving flags. Maybe you don't want to sit down there. Unless you're really into the team, then, yeah, you should sit down there. But I think it's a great, great uh, atmosphere. I think it's a great atmosphere, and I think it's a great great idea for people to just bring your family, uh, bring your kids, go watch a game. And, um, I think it's a good time. Even though they lost, I, I, I went with my dad and he's not a soccer fan, but he was saying, he, he was saying it was actually fun. And so I'm trying to get him into being a bigger soccer fan. So I, I'm, uh, I watch a lot of soccer. I watch a lot of premier league soccer, uh, I'm calling it soccer. I was gonna say football. No, I'm calling it soccer. We got a Hamilton Hamilton people watching this. We can call it soccer here. Um, so yeah. I watch a lot of Premier League soccer and I wanna get him to watch more more with me, but he's not a huge fan. So maybe take him I'm gonna take him to a bunch of forge games and then he's gonna be like super into it now. Okay, we're reaching uh over forty minutes now, so I should probably wrap this up. But yeah, the Forge lost one. 0 Hamilton lost. I believe the final score was 27-23. I don't have the I don't have the final score on me right now, but I believe that's what it was. And um, not a great weekend for Hamilton Sports. Both two losses, both drop in the standings. The Forge, they're in the bottom half. I think I believe they were fourth in their division last time I checked and I think Ottawa with the win probably moved up to second in their division so they gotta make a push for the end of the season and the Ticats at the bottom looking up but they're coming on a bye week and then they're playing Ottawa next year next win in the week after not next year and I think we're coming away with a win I think the team is gonna be ready to go at home so show up be loud. That's all for this first first podcast. If you're watching this far, leave five stars. Five star rating. Tell me what you think of the podcast, if you think I'm a good podcast host or if you think I'm terrible. Love to know. Rate me one star. I bet you won't. Okay, so that's it for the Hamilton Sports Pod. I'm your host, Evan Bryant. We'll see you next week. <laughs>